Buffs Nation. All right, what's going on? Welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. Joining us on the 11th, it is October 11th, getting ready for uh, California coming to Boulder. See you, Cal, this weekend, 12 o'clock noon. And uh, the Buffs get uh, ready to play their first game with Mike Sanford, head coach. Get rid of Carl Durrell. New look, new feel around the program. And we're going to talk about all that today. I'm Tyler Walgie. He is Jared all to my right, as always. Jared, what's going on? How you doing? Feeling good. How you doing? Uh, good. I mean, this is, look, for a lot of the, like we said last week, uh, for a lot of this season in the podcast, it's felt like therapy. We come in, we vent, we get it off our chest. <laughs> you know, there isn't, hasn't even been that much like handicapping or like X's and O's and previews. It's been just a lot of venting about the buff. So there is finally for the first time, I'd say this season, maybe since the, you know, before the season started, a sense of optimism, a sense of change. A lot could happen from this point out, but I feel excited and I'm ready to talk some buffs football. Uh, producer Ryan, you were out last week. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great, honestly. Uh, got a week off of the the pain and misery, and got a whole new sense of of optimism. I'm, you, I'm really excited, and and you know, let's go buffs. You needed a week off, right? You needed yeah. to to breathe a little bit, get away from this nonsense. <laughs> and this is how they suck us back yeah, in every it time, sucks man. Me back in. All right, so uh, just to recap, what we did talk about last week over the bye week, Jared and I went through some coaching candidates. So I want to actually start the show off by recapping some of the names we talked about. Ryan, I want to get your opinion. Sure. Uh, look, for, for those new to the show, we've all three been, been around this program for, I mean, technically, you know, over three decades. We've seen a lot of change, the good, the bad, the ugly. A lot of it's been ugly. And uh, the I believe, and I wanna, I'm sure you guys will agree with this, that a head coach can only do so much, right? There needs to be a fundamental change within the program, within the way these regents and, 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 and not boosters, but regents and, and people at CU look at the football program. So until that really changes at a fundamental level, there's not a whole lot a brand new coach can just do overnight. So I want to start off by saying that. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, I, I will say that of all positions, the head coach is the one that can impact the most. You get the right guy. I think you could ter- absolutely turn this program around, at least to an extent. You may not be long-term consistently competing, but you can get yourself to be a Sure, but, but a lot of people program. bring up Phil Stefano, and he's been around. I think he was hired in 2004. It was either 04 or 09. Uh, I mix those up. They look very similar, right? I mix those <laughs> up. <laughs> but it was one of the two. Sounds like a math whiz there. Huh? <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, but... I mean, you, you you think about that. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 09. And uh, Ryan, if you want to double check that potentially when Phil De, uh, Stefano was uh, got hired at CU. But it, look, it hasn't been the bright days of Boulder or of uh, CU football. And so it's like it's never really been great. And I'm not blaming him you know, directly. But until they change the structure, being able to pay assistant coaches what is necessary, you know, uh, uh, get rid of some of these transfer and 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 and. Uh, you know the the limits they set for a lot of these players coming in, where you have to have academic, you know, certain grades and things like that. So it does start up top for me. What's that? It right? was two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. There you go. Uh, so it it does start with me behind the scenes and with them. Obviously, a head coach can do a lot, but and I do believe also before we move on to this that it's a state law that it has to be what is it, Jared? Like a year by year contract? Yeah, you can't give multi year contracts to assistant coaches, which is. Frankly, just the dumbest thing I have ever heard. I mean, this is like a free market of America. I don't understand why we would put limitations. Yeah, leave it to the leave it to the government to just make and, these. Right. I'm, I'm well, sure well, there's a reason. And they're it's they're stupid. government institutions, so it's nothing that the university can really do anything no, and, and, about. Right, that's but, what's ridiculous. And then we're not going to make this a political thing. But like, once the government starts saying, "Hey, you can do this, you can do this," red tape here, red tape. It's like uh, it, this is why it, it muddies things up. And well, well, and and a lot of that is the fact that. Um, 
that money that they're not spending, guess where it's going? Where? The government. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because they need, yeah, they're not burning <laughs> burning it at an all-time high. Okay, so uh, anyway, back to the show. Um, so I just wanted to say that, that obviously there's a lot that needs to change. There's been some momentum on Twitter for change. I like that. The boosters, the, the people who can create that change, stepping up and doing what they need to do. So uh, that must be noted before we move on to head coaches. But uh, Ryan, last week we named a couple big names that I think we should point out again. Uh, Steve or uh, Steve <laughs> Keach. Um, Brian Harson, who might be fired fired from uh, Auburn. Would you like to see Brian Har- Harson here? Um, I'd be interested. I'd I, on, honestly, I'd I'd have to do like a deep dive on him. I don't know much about him. I know he was at Boise before Auburn, right? Uh, yeah, sixty nine and nineteen, three Mountain West titles and seven seasons at Boise. He won the Sun Belt title his only year at Arkansas State in twenty thirteen. Overall, eighty five and thirty three at the time of this article being written. A couple. I mean, weeks I ago. like those numbers. Uh, do you know if he's from the Chris Peterson tree? Is that uh, where I, he got to start? Maybe I, no, I don't know that actually. Okay, um, uh, but but regardless, uh, yeah, I'd be interested. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, we gave our thoughts last week, so we don't have to repeat that. If you'd like to, and you missed last week's show, you can go listen to what Jared and I thought of all these candidates. Uh, Tom Herman, Tommy Herman, Tom uh, Herman. Tommy. That was uh, he was at Texas for a while. Thirty-two and eighteen at Texas. Houston and then before Houston. that, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty-two and four at Houston in two years. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Really? Why is that? Uh, Again, 22 and 4. I like Harson's um, numbers a little bit more. Um, 22 and 4 with Houston. I mean, you're recruiting in Texas, probably one of the top uh, hotbeds of recruiting. Um, But he's a younger guy, so I do like that. Um, But yeah, I'll I'll take Harson over Herman. All right, two more names we mentioned last week Dan Mullen. Love Dan Mullen. Uh, I think he's proven. Um, also coached in big markets. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Dan Mullen. Gary Patterson. Uh, I also like Gary Patterson. Had a long tenure at, uh, at TCU. Um, but things kind of got sour there. I don't know if TCU just kind of gave him too much time. Well, I mean, he got higher than like 2001. Well, that's <laughs> so, what I'm saying. So it's, it's like, well, and, and, and what did time. TCU do? I mean... They Probably. became a power. Well, five they team. went to seventeen bowls in those years. Well, I mean, seventeen I mean, bowls. But yeah, I guess. I guess. I, but, but but that's the thing that I think CU knocked fans down need to my remember. expectations. Yeah, that's yeah, that's for right. sure. But, but that's the one thing that I actually wanted to bring up. So I'm kind of glad you went there. And there's nothing wrong with having high expectations. But right. it's funny. I'm reading certain things on Twitter, and some people are just so out there. I read one person say. Yeah, if the Buffs hire Bill O'Brien, I'm out. I'm selling. I'm, I'm gone. I'm like, what? Bill O'Brien? Like, I don't get a lot of these people. He has Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I know. That, that seemed crazy Listen. to me. But, 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 <laughs> right. but, but that's an example of... Hear me out. I think a lot of these coaches are good football minds. They're not the sexiest hire ever, but it's so funny. Sure. This is what fans do. Yeah. You remember, it's like Russell Wilson going to the Broncos was, well, and Russell's not playing well now, but you may, if, you, if you can bring yourself back to that situation... Russell Wilson wasn't a guaranteed thing. We didn't know we'd get him. And if you ask Broncos fans who they wanted, it was either Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or no one. Right. It's like you got you can't always have either the A plus or nobody. But I feel like that's where where Buffs fans are. It's like the Buffs haven't made a bowl in how how long they they were last in the Pac twelve South, even at their you know competitive years with with McIntyre. This is a program that needs a boost any way they can get it. So I don't think we should be picking and choosing anyone right now. Right. Well, and and. Think back to when Carl Durrell was hired. How did you guys feel about that hire? Meh. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. Give me something. Give me something splashy. Even if it comes in and nosedives, 
up in flames, okay, at least we tried. No, I'm I'm all about that, and I, and that's what I want. That's what everyone wants. Spend money, get the right person here, make the splash, and I'm totally fine with bringing someone for two, three years, and if they bring this program up, they leave it better than they found it. I don't care if they leave after a couple of years. Like Jared said last week, don't do it like Mel. Right. Just, it is amazing to me. I, I've talked, obviously, a lot with friends and family, people around town about what do you want? What do you think in the coaching hire? Throwing out some of the names we discussed last week and a lot of the, the young up-and-comers, and I kind of expressed that in the show last week, that I kind of lean more to wanting to see an up-and-comer come in, somebody that can maybe build some of that energy we're looking for. I, I named Alex Grinch as a guy, DC. You're a USC. mean one, Alex um, Grinch. <laughs> and, I, and I brought that name up to a few people. They're like, oh, no, no, he's going to jump ship in a couple of years. I'm like, yeah, and then we'll be an eight-win program at right. that point, right? And then if you're an eight-win program or back-to-back bowls, whatever that is, then you are attracting a whole different caliber of coaches on your next coaching search. Now, all these guys, were, we're saying, yeah, they're probably not going to consider CU. They're all interested in this job. It's a good market. It's a good town in Boulder. They have good facilities. I really think if the Buffs could just get the football program moving in the right direction, and more importantly to what you started the show with, Tyler, get support from the higher-ups within right. this university, they can start attracting better candidates but it takes winning first and that's where jared and i were opposed last week jared wants the young up-and-comer i want the seasoned coach who's done it before who knows how to build a program uh where would you kind of go with those two i'm sorry repeat that uh jared's more along the lines of wanting the young up-and-comer i want the seasoned head coach who has been there you know built it up before uh Uh, honestly where we're at at this point um just just give me somebody that's had success young or old Okay. Um, honestly, and a um, couple of, of names um, that I'd like to throw in there since I wasn't on the show last week. They, they may be repeats, but uh, obviously Matt Rule just got fired. Yeah, from- well, that one we hadn't brought up because that just happened. That right. would be A on the list right now. Like, yeah. you bring him in, you pay him what you can. That would be a huge hire, in my opinion. He's kind of, uh, you know, like not young or old. He's kind of <laughs> middle-aged. Medium rare. He's medium rare. Yeah. There you go. Um uh, Matt Rule, uh, you already said Gary I'm definitely Patterson. definitely using that, was, that from now on <laughs> not to describe it. I'm like, no, 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 you're just medium rare. You're, just medium rare. you're, you're looking great. One guy that, that I have on my radar that I, I, I do like, um, not uh, FBS coach right now, but he's in-state, is Brandon Moore from uh, Colorado School of Mines. Okay. Okay, and I can't. I can't honestly say I know anything about. Uh, I don't know a ton. All I know. So is, you're out on Tom Herman, but you're in on this guy. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess with with Tom Herman, I I don't know. I guess his time at Texas it feels like just, a retread. It just left a, a, a bad taste in my mouth. He, yeah, you know, him it, and, it, who's just, the guy for, before for, Charlie Strong? I think was his name. Yeah, it's well, very much well, just like what happened. Well, man? for as well as he did at Houston to come into Texas and just again take a nosedive yeah. it kind of you know you, you have reservations at, at least with brandon moore you know at least you're starting with a clean slate all right all right all right so brandon I mean, we're moore. starting with a clean slate with uh, dan hawkins too so okay brandon moore okay i like that who else um let's see uh um got his name slipping in my mind right now but he was oh 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 ryan walters Okay. Defensive yep. coordinator yep. from yep. Virginia. We did. I also threw that one in last week. I threw that one in last week at the end. And then yeah. Urban Meyer. 
Oh God! Back oh, up, back he up. wants Irv. Back up the Brinks truck, baby. Hey, you know what? Let's go. Let's be real. I would take that so fast. Oh, of you course. know, three or four years down the road, you probably got some sanctions coming. I mean, that was coming. not realistic. Yeah, probably, probably. I'd love it. <laughs> probably, get, he's probably out the door, probably facing some violations, some sanctions, well, uh, but it will be worth uh, it. Listen, Boulder's... Not uh, not not struggling on the co-eds down yeah, there. So. Yeah, he would, he <laughs> exactly. would do well here. <laughs> All right, um, so we can wrap that up. I just wanted to bring up Matt Rule, too, and some other new coaches. But this is going to be an ongoing process. I don't think the Buffs are going to make a hire anytime soon. We're going to see where we're George, Phil Stefano say over the upcoming weeks. And hopefully this is a process that the Buffs have some kind of advantage in because they're in it early this season, or at least this time around, compared to some other schools. Um Let's talk about the feeling right now around the program. Is it up? Is it down? Is it good? Is it bad? I saw some uh, social media posts where Mike Sanford's running around, creating some energy. Completely different feel than when Carl Durrell was there. So, I mean, right now, how do you think that things are behind the scenes in the locker room? It seems on the surface, you know, again, we we really can only dial into what we can see through social media, through other media outlets, but it, it absolutely seems like there is a new energy within that program. I think I've seen a lot of the players taking to social media and and commenting on that this is a, a whole different environment they're having fun playing football again and that is so important especially to me at the college level yes i get these kids now can make money they have the nil deals things like that they're not professionals man when you're a professional you're there to do a job and and that's really what matters at the pro level these kids need to have fun i think that that is so important to get the best out of these kids so that's that's just a positive for me it has been such a dreary year so far that i just i appreciate seeing the energy will that translate to wins guys i, I don't know i'm gonna be honest i'm not sure that we're gonna see it translate to wins but i just appreciate seeing these kids have fun again uh, this is this this quote here is from uh, buffzone.com Pat Rooney. He writes uh, about changing this article is about changing the mood, changing the direction, changing the feel around this program. Mike Sanford compared to uh, Carl Durrell. He says changing the mood though simply required Sanford to show up. In a few short days, Sanford has proven to be the anti-Durrell. His practice energy, at least per team on social media accounts, is that of a uh, is that of a man burning more calories in one team workout than his predecessor did in years. <laughs> so, look, this is being noticed all over the place, and it's a good feel. I, I agree, Jared. Not. I don't think it's a guaranteed thing it's going to translate to wins, but this is what you want to see, at least short term. I mean, I wish Mike the best. I don't think there's any chance he gets hired here. See, I I actually, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Uh, One of my biggest fears right now is that what do the bus have? Six games or seven games left in the season here? Well, that they go, gonna. they go three and four, and 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 uh, three and four is not going to be good enough to get Rick hired. George and 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 Phil DeStefano go. You know what? Yeah, look at the energy you brought. Look what he did. Yeah. This is that. This is a can't miss guy. He's going to turn this program, and that's what they go with. That is my biggest fear, and and this is uh, this is not me calling for them to lose games. Okay, I want to be clear. I'm not calling for the bus to lose games. Yeah, Just what are we tanking for? <laughs> see through it. Okay, that's all I ask. Rick George, Phil DeSevano, see through this, please. Well, and to that point, we have to remember, like, I love the energy that Sanford brings, um, even opposed to Carl Durrell, just just in general. Like, you know, we've seen videos of of practice, and he's jumping around, he's yelling, he's getting guys fired up. But we also have to remember, Minnesota didn't fire him. They just didn't renew his contract. Okay. So you you have to take that into account. We granted that was just as an offensive coordinator, 
Maybe he's a guy that brings people together rather than coordinating games, but um, I do like the what he brings to the table. Sure. And I mean, if there is a week for him to step in and take things over, it was a bye week. They have Cal coming up. Should be on paper one of the easier games this week. We'll break that down in here in just a few minutes. But the bye week, what do you think the buy the bus did on the bye week? What takeaways can we expect to see? I mean, I think we should see a few more wrinkles in the offense. I mean, for God's yeah. sakes, we have Absolutely. to see some kind of competent play calling. Yeah, right? you hope to see some creativity. And I, I think, you know... And uh, I know Stanford was calling plays well, before. And, for and I, think, I think kind of where you're going, and I don't want to assume, but I think where you're going is he may be the one calling plays on game day, but, but it's Durrell the head coach say. that's yeah, kind of deciding right. the style, the approach, the aggressive nature or lack of within an offense. Well, so, and Durrell was always an offensive guy. He had his hand directly tied in the game yes. plan. Yes, and, and don't, don't forget that he's the one that brought Sanford here. So, you know, he obviously was very involved in a lot of the coaching decisions and, and a lot of the stylistic decisions. So that's kind of what I hope to see is some wrinkles. I hope to, that you get to see Owen McCown now more comfortable in this offense. I assume he's still the starter. I mean, obviously, this would be an opportunity. Mike Sanford could kind of reset yeah. and go back to the previous quarterbacks, but nothing, no indication has been out there that it's not going to be Owen McDaniels. I think it makes sense to keep going with him. But hopefully now, two weeks in, He's had a bye week now. I think this is a time where hopefully you really see kind of the offense come together around Owen McCown. You think there's any pressure from like Rick George or anyone else to start McCown? You think they're smart enough to say things like that? Like you think Rick even know, hey, you stare at the schedule, you think, hey, you're a football guy, take it over. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd imagine that. Uh they don't have too many toes dipped in right? that. I mean, that yeah, as I right said it out there, loud, I'm like, like, no, Rick's not saying that. No, but, but from the boosters, from the recruiting from side the boosters, of it, yeah. I, I do think there probably is a little bit, and maybe it's not outward pressure, but I think as a coaching staff, you have to sort of recognize that if you want to get you know, we, we, we keep talking about we want to see this this team, you know, this organization invest in this team and, and the, you know, building into the recruiting and this and that. I think you have to recognize playing the young kid that has the upside is the way to do that. Yeah, and as well, you have at other positions, you young kids, give them the opportunity. The, right. This this season's a wash. Well, well, plus they can grow together. I mean, you're talking about right. valuable get, get, time with receivers. And I, I spoke about it uh, two weeks ago. Um God, his name's slipping my uh, my mind here. Uh, the wide receiver, true freshman, Ty. I'm sorry. Anyway, but they they're practicing with each other. Uh, Hankerson, they're practicing with each other because they're all true freshmen. They're they're all getting kind of garbage time in practice, but they all have that chemistry. Right, uh, Ty Robinson. Yes, Ty Robinson. Okay. I call him the Swiss Family Robinson tie. <laughs> so I call him a uh, little old school one there. All right, uh, let's. I think I feel like we need to pick the energy up a little bit on this podcast right now. Let's play. Let's play the fight song. We haven't done this in a while. We're gonna get ready to preview uh, Cal coming to the Buffs next week. And I know we kind of stopped right there in, in the midst of the bye week discussion, but I'm sure that'll come up during this uh, preview because that is gonna be important. What the Buffs do during the bye week. But let's pick the energy up a little bit. Let's get ready to preview Cal at Colorado. We haven't done this in a while, Ryan. Let's play back to see you fight song. Let's go Buffs. There we go. 
that's how you start a little preview right there. All right, so Buffs 0-5. <laughs> that five. doesn't get you going, man. <laughs> exactly. Woo. And the, here's the thing. Are you guys, uh, Jared, you going to the game this weekend? I know you guys are splitting tickets for the season, and it's Jared's turn. Yeah, I, I got to work on that. I'm not going to lie, guys. And this is, we talked about this before the show, and I have to just be honest with the audience. This has been a rough year. Yeah. Uh, it came to, it's now Tuesday. We're recording Tuesday the 11th. You guys asked me, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's a home game this week, huh? <laughs> you know, and so yeah, I gotta, uh, yeah, I gotta get my mind right. I need to re, I needed the bye week to refocus, and so I gotta get my energy in the right direction. I gotta get some ducks in a row, but I think there's some things we can work out. Well, and look, this is a big game. weekend of college football. You got like number oh. ten Penn State, number five Michigan, three Alabama, six Tennessee. So you're sacrificing as a, as a college football fan to go to this game. So it's it's it's, but this is what the Buffs. In my opinion, this is what it's all about. You know, it's a CU fan. This is what the Buffs need. This is where I want to be. There is excitement. I'm going to be there. It's noon on Saturday, just for those who don't know. 12 o'clock noon kick on Saturday. Uh, I think there's a lot of optimism. I mean, new coach, new feel. I hope that it's not dead. I hope it's not empty. And I mean, you look at the UCLA games, I'm excited that we live in a place and, and, and cheer for a school that it's nowhere near that. I mean, can you imagine if UCLA is undefeated, right? They're 6-0 after this yes, week or whatever yes. it is. Can you imagine if the Buffs were 6-0 and and couldn't feel 75% of the stadium? It's a joke. So, I mean, it's so cool to see people even show up for these bad games, you know, perceived bad games where CU is out of it before they even start. So, I think that there is excitement and I'm, I, I, I'm really looking forward to this weekend i'm hoping it's not all for nothing right i hope we don't just get so jacked up and so excited and then show up and it's 21 nothing in the first again but i'll be there noon on saturday and hopefully we see a different buffs team so let's start there buffs and let's talk about their offense i kind of just mentioned it you know the bye week coming off of uh, several you know extra days preparation what should we expect to see from this offense and i'll just start off with mccown i mean he's a young quarterback he doesn't have that much experience are they going to put in new wrinkles put in new things or maybe try and keep it simple from what he's used to. What do you guys think we should expect from uh, the young quarterback this weekend? I, I actually, we kind of touched on it just a little bit earlier. I absolutely think you see new wrinkles. I think maybe a little bit more focused on on what he can do. I want to see some some creativity, some trick plays. That's some not, RPO, that's baby. That's not something that I am normally one to call for as a trick plays, but it's, it's that time. What else do you have to hold back? Mike Stanford, do you ever want a chance to be a head coach in the NCAA or frankly be an offensive quarterback? coordinator on a big time level this is your chance to show that Carl Durrell was holding you back so that's what I'm looking for in this game I want to see them get creative find ways to get their playmakers the ball in their hands and I like what you just said there Ryan RPOs give me something give me something that makes the defense react to what you're doing so I absolutely think we see Owen McCown open things up in this game I don't necessarily want to see him throwing the ball 30 or 40 times Times. No, that's not what we're calling for. No. Run the ball, establish that, but do it in creative ways. Don't just line up under center, you know, drop back passes. Now, you know, first down run, second down run, drop back. No, get creative, do different things, some trick plays. That's what I want to see in this offense. Yeah, and I will. I will say I, I agree with all of that. And um, as far as Mike Sanford goes, now that he's the head coach, also calling plays. Listen, it may not be for the University of Colorado, but these remaining games, 
is all his resume. Yeah. If he wants a head coaching job, even another offensive coordinating job. Listen, he has to prove it in these last few games if he wants yeah. to move up and get a shot somewhere else or even at the university. No, I mean, look, incentives are aligned here. Mike Sanford, what he wants is exactly what we want. He's got want. seven he games to, to do good. it. Exactly. He's got a lot of games now. In those seven games, he's going to face Utah, Washington, at USC, or Yeah, no, 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 November's murderers <laughs> row, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't uh, get easy in terms of the schedule, but no, I, I like where you guys are coming from here. Um, I, I don't really disagree with too much of that. Now, Jared, you mentioned you don't want to see McCown throw it 30 or 40 times, and his two starts so far this season, McCown's throwing the ball 42 times and 30. Hey! <laughs> so, you're talking about 30, 40 times. Uh, they got to get away from that. Now, I know they've been losing. Losing, right, you got to throw the right, football yeah. to come back. When yeah, you're a losing. lot of that's garbage time. Yeah, so clearly, if if things are going well and then you're executing the game plan, that's not going to be a part of it. But I mean, that that's that's key right here. You have to keep the ball on the ground, be successful, picking up their downs, keeping the chains moving. The Buffs have been one of the worst teams in like every stat you can look at in college football. But where we have to improve and where the Buffs have to look at some sign of of hope is extending drives. Right. This defense has been on the field way too long, yeah. been asked to do way too many things, and this this offense has been horrible, obviously in the red zone and creating points, but just getting down the field. I mean, converting on third down, and the reason's simple. It's been third and 10, third and 12. I was just going to say, that starts on first down. I think that's where the bus struggles have come, and I, I, would, I would love to know the numbers on their first downs. I obviously don't have that in front of me, but I would love to know that because, to me, if you can put yourself in third and five or less, God, it is such a difference. Oh, the you percentages know? go through the so roof. So I, I, I really think getting, having positive plays on first down is so crucial for this offense. Right, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think we've, one of us has said it every episode for the last three years. Get the tight ends involved. For yeah, God's I mean, sakes. You only have nine of them on your roster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, and we do say that all the time, but you know, it seems obvious because they come out and run these sets where they should be going to the middle of the field. They should be working between the hashes, and, and they just haven't been. But again, you wonder if these little wrinkles, little things with, with Sanford will change this weekend. I mean, I'm not so sure. Well, he is from Minnesota. Minnesota loves their tight ends, so um, you never know. It, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with McCown, but these receivers, I mean, what can we expect from there? Obviously, you know, they're going to want to get involved more in the offense. That that production is step up. R.J. Sneed, you know, uh, Montana, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig. Do we see these guys get more... Uh, production as a result of McCown. So right now, their leading receiver uh, in terms of both yards and catches, Daniel Arias, 16 receptions. Okay. Uh, The next leading receiver has nine. Okay. Right. And then you got, so there's a lot of guys that have gotten involved, but I think that is, if I'm going to kind of call out a position group, that's it. Somebody has to step up out of this group and prove that they are above average at least. Right now, I'm seeing a bunch of average guys but i mean prove uh, i think a lot of that's on play call sure right. sure it is but well, but when you have the ball in your hands you got to make a play you know there's 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 you know what as i'm saying it i'm like how many times have they got the ball in their hands right i mean that's a big part of it right, right. And, and that's where i say get you know when, when we talk about the creativity of the wrinkles it's not throwing the ball 50 yards down the field necessarily it's finding ways to scheme guys open uh, one of the guys I pointed out early in the year, I think it was in our preseason episode, that I really thought was going to have a breakout year this year based on what we saw in the offseason and what we saw in the spring game was Montana Lamonis Craig. And and he just really hasn't. He has not really had that big play, any sort of serious impact. And that's a guy to me, there's a few others on this roster. We've talked about some of the freshmen as well. 
find ways to scheme them open. We, we, we go back to Mike McIntyre, to Darren Cheverini when he was the offensive coordinator here. The way they found ways to get LaVisca Chenault open. Yes, super talented player, but that was by design that they got him open. I think that there needs to be more of that for Mike Sanford in this offense. Well, and one thing in, in that favor is, I mean, these receivers have been dropping balls this year. Sure. Like, there's been a lot of drops that have not contributed. And I get it's tough to where your offense is sputtering and then there's a tough third and eight and you catch the ball three yards past the line of scrimmage and you're in the, in the cloud of defenders. That's tough. I get it. But there's been a lot of drops this year. And I, you mentioned Arias, you know, leading the team. I'm, he's had a couple big drops as well. So they, they can't do that. Repeat those mistakes if McCown's going to find uh, any success this weekend. Uh, right. on, on the ground, uh, what do we think about the rushing game? Um, well, again, we with see Smith, uh, uh, Deion Smith lead the way again. Is, 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 is Fontenot healthy? Yeah. Um, I have not seen any reports on Fontenot. Check, this, check this an week. old ESPN out. Let's see what they say. Um, but I, I will say, including the wide receivers, the running backs, all this stuff, the O-line, all this stuff, tight ends, it's not created in a vacuum. It's not one position group that's not, that's not performing that's that – is the cause for all these struggles it's it's the entire unit right as well as the defense it's not the corners it's not the linebackers it's not the defensive line they're not playing team football they're not playing complementary football like i always talk about talk about something that i've said on every podcast for the last three years is is they're just not playing as as a group they're not and and i think a lot of that has to do with coaching, and that's why I'm so excited for Sanford to take over for, you know, the rest of the year. Is is the fact that maybe he's got a different message that Carl Durrell's message started to fall on deaf ears after a while, and maybe he's got something to to pull the guys together and get these guys to play as a team on. All three phases of the game: special yeah. teams, offense, and defense. Well, I, I agree with that. It does work together, and and the Buffs are going to have to ha- have everything working this weekend if they're going to keep up with with Cal. So Cal's defense—they're giving up 120 rush yards on the ground, 280 or 268 in the air. Yeah, what's up? Jared? I just want to mention. Yeah. Uh, I just scoured real quickly. I did not see any updates on Alex Fontenot. It's pretty early in the week. It's Tuesday. Yeah. If you're if you're interested, keep an eye on that. There'll probably be reports coming out Thursday or Friday on his status. Uh, 120 yards on the ground allowed per game by Cal. That's top 25 Ooh, in the nation. So, wow. I mean, we talk about a key potentially to this game being run the football, open things up from McCown, eat clock up, convert their downs. That's going to be easier said than done. I mean, th- this O line is going to have to step up. But they, honestly, looking at some advanced stats and advanced metrics. This Colorado offensive line is not necessarily as bad as you may think. They're right in between 30 and 50 for a lot of like the advanced like standard downline yards, how if they're winning the battle, the efficiency ratings. And I assumed just naturally that they would be triple digits or sure. bottom, you know, well, 80s, well, 90s. They somewhere. are in most categories. Exactly. That's why I thought, but that's not the case for the O-line. So maybe we're looking at like a bit of a hidden gem on this team, something that if you can find a spark, it could be the O-line. And, and I do think going back to what Ryan said earlier about the RPO, that that's kind of a way to use the defense's strength against them. Them being aggressive against the run, you get those guys attacking that running back, you pull the ball. Now all of a sudden they have to stay home and, and as the game's going on and on, then that opens up some of those inside runs because your DNs can't crash down so hard on that running back. Right. Well, and, and we we always talk about the the defense, CU's defense being on the field the whole time. Well, guess what that means? The opposing team's defense is on the sidelines yeah. and anytime 
they come out, they are fresh, baby. I mean, even if they're not as bad as we think the or the offensive line, even if they're not as bad as we think they are, I mean, think if we're actually, you know, splitting 50-50 on time of possession. Sure, sure. And I mean, in a lot of those situations, the defense knows that Colorado's going to throw the football. They're pinning their ears back. Yep. And it's easy to get to the corner or to the uh, quarterback. So, uh, on the ground, if Fontenot doesn't come back, I mean, we've been seeing Offerdahl, we've been seeing Anthony Hankerson, obviously Deion Smith leading the way. So the, the the Buffs have a lot of people they've been giving the ball to. And whoever it's going to be, I think it's running back sort of by committee at this point. Yep. And, and guys, when you look at their per yard stats, I mean, they're all averaging right around that five, five and a half you know, yards per carry, which, okay, it's not great, but you're giving me five yards a carry? I mean, gosh, that, you could do a lot worse well, That's that. my point. I you mean, know, these I, stats I think are a lot horrible. of it is yeah. the lack of commitment to the run and the inability to stay committed to the run because they get so far behind. Right. By the time you're, you're coming in the third quarter, you basically have to give up on it. If the Buffs can stay competitive in this game, it allows you to stay committed to the run and it will open things up for you in the second half. When you're a one-dimensional team the entire second half, it is an easy game to, to coach as a defense. All right, so it looks here like uh, if you do want to beat Cal, the way you have to do it is through the air. And there are two losses this year against Washington State and Notre Dame. They gave up yards through the air. Drew Pine for Notre Dame, 17 of 23, which again, Jared, that's not getting to that territory of throwing 30, 40 times like we said before. You know, 23 attempts, and Notre Dame was efficient, but they held Cal and were able to, again, convert on third downs. Their loss against Washington State, talking about Cal, was 28-9. to They weren't in that game at all, and uh, uh, Charlie Ward for uh, Washington State, 27-40, 343 and three touchdowns. So, uh, through the ball a little bit more. we can throw for 343, I'm okay with 40. Well, but that, that is seemingly the key for how to beat Cal. So, unfortunately, it's not a great matchup, X's and O's, because Cal stops the run. They force you to throw the ball, and CU's going to have to run the football, in my opinion, if they're going to be effective. So, that's kind of the offensive-defensive breakdown for CU's offense when they're on the field against Cal's defense. Uh, one key for the offense, should we, should we kind of, uh, before we get to CU's defense, and I'll start, like I said, run the football, it's obvious to me, uh, for several reasons. One, you want to set yourself up with third and short, third and manageable, move the clock. Two, you want to be able to eat the clock, or I, I meant to move the chains. And then two, you want to be able to eat the clock, right? So you you get these long drives going. I don't care if you're kicking field goals, okay? You're you're at least trying to get points. You're getting down there. You're milking clock. You're 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 playing the game. You're eating time of possession. You're at least giving your team a chance to win, which CU hasn't done all this year. So I think running the ball effectively is going to be one of the keys. If they can do that, certainly that'll open up the pass game, and Colorado will find success. So that's my key to the game for the offense. And I'll just build off of that and 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 say you have to convert. You have to convert these third downs. Con- Convert buffs. Especially. <laughs> I used to sit. Uh, years I was going to say, there's this, probably plenty this, of you this, out there listening that know, know the that band guy. we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> this is kind of an inside thing. Go yeah, I, I, there was this guy who sat behind me for years, and he always used to go, <laughs> Convert buffs! Convert! <laughs> I was like, okay. But Every third down. He, is probably he, he was on to something um, there, though. And guys. he had season tickets, too. But yeah. <laughs> no, like, but, yeah. but that's it, right? And and put yourself in those, in those third manuals. But you have to make those plays. You cannot consistently come up short on third down. If you do, you will lose this game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Ryan, um, yeah I, the only thing that I have to add is, you know what? As far as Sanford and this coaching staff goes, you're playing with house money, baby. Let's get creative. Yeah. You know what? Throw, 
throw some logs on the fire. Let's see if we can I, get this thing cooking. I just keep thinking of uh, Waterboy at the end. Last game of the year. I can't hold anything <laughs> back now. I, that's seriously the energy yeah. you need to have yeah, right you need now. To have I, that I know it's not yeah. the last game of the year, but nothing. You cannot hold back yeah, at all. Yeah, just don't hold back and just, you know, again, get creative. All right. Uh, Colorado's defense against Cal's offense. CU. This season, giving up 294 rushing yards, 214 passing yards per game, and 508 total those aren't, yards allowed. You're sure those are not season totals? No, there. no. That okay. is per, per game. Per outing. Cal okay. is scoring 25 a game. They are rushing for 150 and passing for 250. Very balanced team. Yeah. And as I was talking to Ryan about before the show, Cal's are just sort of average, run-of-the-mill team. They do everything pretty well. They're not... Super, you know, they're not great at anything and they don't really terrify me anywhere, but they're efficient. So, whatever they want to do, run, pass, they've seemingly been able to do that this year so far. So, uh, I'm looking for, I I mentioned CU's offensive line could be kind of a hidden gem there, something to step up. Same thing with the D line, right? Going into the season, we had a lot of question marks about the secondary, uh, some question marks about the linebackers, but almost no question marks about the defensive yeah. line. But we haven't seen them live up to the hype, and I think a lot of that is because of what we talked about. They're in bad situations. They're always behind the eight ball, not putting themselves or not being put in a good spot to actually excel. So I'm looking for the D-line to step up from the get-go here when it's 0-0 and help dictate the pace of this game. Because, again, whether Cal wants to run the football or throw the football, that D-line's going to be crucial neither. So I think Steve's D-line's going to be huge. Yeah, when you try to look at, well, what what is the best way, you know, whether it's slowing down the run, slowing down the pass, it's kind of tough. Like you said, they... they Cal does both things well, but when you look at the the, the true freshman running back, uh, Jaden Ott, that's the, the leading rusher for Cal Bears, averaging seven and a half yards a carry, I, I really think if you can keep them in check, that, that that's always huge for a defense. When you know they're passing, when you keep them in third and long, so it's, yeah. it's essentially a reverse of what we just said about the Buffs offense. You have to find ways to shut them down on those early downs when you're Pretty sure they're running it. Obviously, they're going to have some wrinkles in there, but you have to come up big in those plays. And you're right. It starts with the D-line. I think this linebacking core, who actually hasn't been terrible this year it's 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 hard when you when you lose a guy like nate land when you lose a guy like carson wells you're gonna have a drop off but i i really feel like especially over the last couple weeks those guys have been coming on strong and i slip on his name every time the transfer for west virginia he's he's number eight i believe it's it's a long one it's a nightmare of a name yeah it's hyphenated yeah i can never remember what it it is so but samodi yeah he's really been been kind of he's getting more playing time nelson samato yeah, it's something, uh, like, that, yeah. something, yeah. something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll find. Hey, it we do much. our research here. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't want to botch the name and sound terrible, so I'm just going to not right. say it. Uh, number eight for the Buffs on defense. Uh, he's been playing a lot more. I think he's been getting, uh, making bigger, bigger plays. So I really want to see the linebackers kind of to key on the D line. Stop that line, linebackers. Sure. Go make some plays, man. Well, and and and. Just like uh, we were saying about the offense of being down all the time, so they have to throw it all the time. Conversely, it's the Josh D-line. Chandler Semedo. Chandler Semedo. We were close. Yeah. I was going Justin Nelson Semedo. I think, I think that's a <laughs> boy. Ch- but he has been all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. And and just like I was saying, is is our defensive line? Unfortunately. When you're down so many points, you're just getting hit in the chin every single down, and you get tired. So if the Buffs can keep it to a 
seven to ten point game now their whole playbook is open now they're not necessarily run it down your throat all the time when they're up by 21 to 35 points at some point but, but, but it is possible games. to stop that run and so that's what i think that she needs to focus on if you look at their game uh if you look at cal's game against arizona cal won that one 49 31 pac 12 matchup not a whole lot of defense Cal rushed for 354 yards that game. Okay, so Cal has the ability right, so, to really so, get it going on the ground. But in their game against Washington State, where they got shut down on the ground, they had 24 attempts for 31 yards. So Cal isn't this team that can like really dictate on the ground. When they sure, get going, they find sure. certain things. But, but what I'm also saying is we can't let this game get out of hand early. And that's where the defensive line will benefit. And see, that's been a problem this year. Every game's been out of hand early. early. If you go and think By about half-time. every single game, I think the Buffs fumbled Maybe two earlier. of the five games the first snap of the game, yep. right? And turned it over. I mean, this team has struggled from behind, you know, getting behind the eight ball all season long. So that's got to be one of the biggest things to work on or just pay attention to this game. Just give yourself a freaking chance. Just go into halftime. Even if high. you get blown out late. Keep it close early and at least give yourself a chance right. in the late third, fourth quarter. Keep us in the stadium into the fourth quarter, man. Yeah. Oh, good God. I mean, the Broncos fans won't even stay, you know, yeah, third overtime these days. It's, it's been pretty rough <laughs> for uh, Colorado <laughs> no, football fans. No these kidding. Days. It's, it's a totally. I'm has. a hockey fan now. I don't know about <laughs> I don't, yeah, I've never been too. more excited <laughs> for hockey and basketball to start, man. I'll yeah, start soon. Um, so I'm going to flip the script for the defense. I actually think it's up to the secondary to force Jack Plummer, by the way, their quarterback's name for Cal, Jack Plummer. No relation to Jake Plummer. Yeah. Is it, is it P-L-U-M-M-E-R? Yeah, same exact oh, spelling, yeah. I'm waiting for the plumber that's got a B in there. P-L-U-M-B-E-R? <laughs> You're in the wrong profession, buddy. <laughs> but uh, Jack Plummer this year is 108 to 172, just under 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, two picks. So he's efficient. He's been good. But I think the secondary needs to force him to make some bad decisions, create a turnover, create some uncertainty. And then I actually think that's where the buffs are going to be their most comfortable. If Cal is forced to run the football and you're shutting down, down everything deep, where I don't think it's going to work is if things do kind of open up in the pass game and see who starts to get spread out and stretched out and then they're going to get gashed, right? Because as I said, what Cal rush for a 354 in that game against Arizona, Arizona's defensive line, we, we, we've we seen them. We know what they're capable of. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I put CU's defensive line at their best, maybe a, a smidge ahead of them, but they got gashed. So the same thing can happen to the Buffs. Buffs have to stay, have, have to stay tight on defense, allow those cornerbacks and safeties to work, but they have to win the one-on-one battles. That's going to be crucial if the Buffs, if the Buffs are going to stay in this game. So I think secondary is going to be very important. Uh, Jared, what do you think about the secondary uh, linebackers? Anything else in the uh, second level of this defense? Yeah, I, honestly, guys, I, I'm going to kind of take this back to where we started on this show in this episode. We talked about what what do we expect or what do we want to see different from Mike Sanford. I, I'm going to kind of point this at the defense, but it's really geared at the whole team. I want to see a team that doesn't give up. We have seen week after week yeah. this bus team give up, and you saw it. Early on, you saw week one. That's what I want to see. I want to see a defense that continues to fight. And I think that makes a big difference. And we want to talk about you know the linebackers and secondary fighting, winning those battles one-on-one because you are. You're going to be out on an island because you have to respect this running game. You have to load guys in the box. So it, it really comes down to these guys that are now becoming more seasoned. They were a lot of young guys, didn't have a lot of experience. Now is this time, again, prove yourselves. That coaching staff has an opportunity to prove themselves. This defense? You know, early on, we kind of went, well, the offense has been so bad. The defense has been put in bad spots. The, the further the season goes on and on, it's like, 
And this defense just flat out hasn't looked very good. So this is kind of a chance to flip the script. And I, I think it really, for me, it starts front to back, that D-line establishing the tone of the game. But it really, if the Buffs are going to win this game, it's probably due to a big play made in the, in this game, whether that's a turnover, a sack, uh, you know, some sort of interception. Yeah, I think turnover is Big, be big play. You get a game-flipping play, that's how you go win this game. I think the Buffs need a turnover for sure if they're going to win it. Um, should we get some score predictions? Should we get some? Do we want to go back to that dark territory that seemed to? Hey, I'm I'm on the money with these score predictions. I know you I are. Know. I also um, called. I mean, not like it was anything spectacular, but Carl Durrell fired. You did. Yeah, you've been, you've been you know hot what? this year. And honestly, even after that last loss, I still didn't think they were going to fire him. So <laughs> I, 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 I had hate. I had my doubts as well, but they finally came through. All right, score predictions. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm going buffs. I think they get on the right track. Sanford's not going to have that many opportunities to get wins this year. I mean, once again, just to go over the CU schedule to end the year, we got Cal at home, on the road at Oregon State, Arizona State at home, Oregon at home, at USC, at Washington, <laughs> Utah at home. There's not that Holy many wins. Cow. I mean, CU's going to be heavily probably underdog. probably this game. Should yeah, yes, <laughs> probably good, you should probably get it in while yes. you have the chance, dude. The CU's going to be underdogs in all those games, so I think this is a rare opportunity. And not just a rare opportunity for a winnable game, but a rare opportunity because after this game, there's film. Everyone is going to know what Sanford wants to right. do, all those wrinkles. This is where you catch whoever you play off, off guard, off balance, and put all these new things in, into, into effect. So I think the buffs jump on Cal. Hopefully, one or two turnovers help uh, things out, but I think it's going to be a close game. I'll go Buffs win 27-24, and we storm oh, the field. you jerk. Storm the field in Boulder. We're tearing down goalposts. <laughs> you know, I gave you crap about yeah. that, but I think it was TCU early in the year, but absolutely storm this yes, field if you win this game. You win this game. Uh, I, I, I share some of your optimism, but maybe not to that level, okay? The, the Buffs come in as a 15-point underdog at home. I, I do think it's I'm a lot I'm starting to influence Jared over here. I do, I do think it's a lot closer than that, okay, guys? Uh, I'm going to get real specific like Ryan and see if I can just hit it on point. I think the Buffs lose. I think they're in this game. I think they're even winning this game in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, Kyle drives down. Last drive, you just can't quite get that stop. Kyle kicks a field goal, wins 23-21. That's super. That's wow. that's horribly negative. I can't believe you spilled it out like that, too. Like, you hey, can't. listen. You guys gave me hey, crap the I last said, time I did I this. I just said. So bury him. I know, but I just yeah, said, bury him. Winning in the fourth quarter and You're they lose? The I, hate, I don't like that's that prediction huge. at all. That's huge. That's terrible. Moral victory, baby. Moral victory. Ryan, what do you got? Listen, I am five for five of picking the bus to lose. Yes, you are. It's different this week. Oh! <laughs> what do you? What, what's the score? What do we? Uh... Uh, so I'm 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 gonna say that uh, much like you said, Tyler. Um, there's gonna be a lot of new things that I'm sure that uh, that Carl Durrell either either you know shot down on the drawing board. I think Mike Sanford has has a lot of wiggle room. He's He's able to be creative, as well as Chris Wilson also getting fired on the defensive coordinator uh, position. I think that that we're going to see some new things, new exciting things. I'm going CU. Drum roll, please. 24-17. All right. Ooh. All right. I 
love and it. And we're going to burn Pearl Street down, yes, baby. Yes, we are. Like I said, we're storming. We're storming the field. Let's go. All right, as I said earlier, 12 o'clock kick this Saturday. Let's hope the Buffs turn things around and we see a different team. Let's go, Buffs. Get a big win. Let's we'll talk buffs. to you next week on the Buffs Nation Podcast.